Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. This podcast will definitely contain naughty words and spoilers. Hello and welcome back to everyone who's joined us on the previous podcast and hello to any new listeners. Um, My name's Hayley and this podcast is Hayley Watches. So Colin picks films I've never seen before and I make a sort of review on them. Um, Before I start though, I just wanted to apologise for the sound quality on the last podcast. (laughs) I guess we could say that was like kind of artistic as in it was a film about a quiet place and it was a quiet podcast except for me except for you in odd moments being very loud I like my cackling laugh yeah so um hopefully we've um, rectified that but i think being quite new to this we're gonna have a few little teething problems aren't we but speed I think, bumps in the road yeah so if you come back to join us for this one then cheers so um yeah so the film that colin chose at the end of the last podcast was 1917 your favorite genre you love a war film don't you big yeah. fan <laughs> i hate i hate hate them i will just put this out here now i think we watched this a few days ago didn't we yeah about four or five days ago i now. think i have vaguely just um sort of forgiven him for making me watch it i <laughs> did feel actual trauma and i think it's because he led me into this like false sense of security because you said it's not like a war film i was expecting to watch um so i thought oh well maybe he thought it would be like saving private ryan or something so i, I think i went in with this false sense of security and actually it was exactly the sort of war film yeah what i meant is it's not like a standard war film with big action scenes and mm. hundreds of people being mowed down by machine yeah. guns and things like that which turns out is not what you expect from a war film no. at all no so you uh <clears throat> shook my trust there a little bit it's <laughs> gaining it back don't worry um, slowly but the yeah so i think I, I do actually remember seeing the trailer for this film and the big nope sign came up and i should have really <laughs> trusted my instinct and should have guessed it wasn't gonna be exactly what i thought it was gonna be so the um yeah, I think my dislike for war films is I'm not haven't got much of an interest in that kind of a genre. It traumatised me as a child learning about it, and the films I've actually seen that are, are war films is Saving Private Ryan, this one now, Hacksaw Ridge, and Black Hawk Down. <laughs> I fucking hated every single one of them. <laughs> They're all very different war films, though. Like yeah. Saving Private Ryan is the essential war film. Of our generation, isn't it? Like, yeah. Everyone's got to see it because it doesn't glorify it or anything. It's brutal. Yeah. Start to finish. Hacksaw Ridge is a great film. It was the ending for me with the... The actual bloke oh, the ending. Man. Oh, What a man. I know. What, Black Hawk Down is your... Uh, I only watched it for Orlando Bloom. Who Don't. literally is barely in it. <laughs> Out bloody falls out of a helicopter right <laughs> yeah. at the beginning, he doesn't falls he? Out. Yeah, <laughs> it's Chinook, isn't it? Tom Hardy's in it. Is he? Yeah, don't realise it because he wasn't famous at the time, oh, but he's right. in it. Oh man, it's Tom Hardy. 
Let's go back and watch it again. No. <laughs> Just no. Me and my friend Kate were world traumatised watching that. <laughs> Anyways, back to the film that I'm actually supposed to be reviewing. Um, Colin looked up a little thing for me because we didn't watch it on Netflix this time. Sorry, the fir- Netflix. The first one, yeah. Well, they haven't sent through the sponsor money, they so no. I don't feel bad no. for No. And I think also as well, we only rented it for two days, so thank God those two days are up. <laughs> can't make you watch it again oh shame um so the description is uh, on april the 6th 1917 as a regiment assembles to wage war deep in enemy tre- territory i'll put my tongue back in again two soldiers are assigned to race against time and deliver a message that will stop 1600 men from walking straight into a deadly trap bum, bum, bum. i'm setting the tone there nicely thank you so, um, I meant the thing, not you. I was like, yeah, it does, yeah. <laughs> I should have, I should, again, should have known straight away. Oh, you didn't read it till after, <laughs> did you? No, I couldn't bring myself to do it because you were reading it out to me and I couldn't write it down quick enough. <laughs> um, so yeah, so it has two, the first two main characters that you see are Lance Corporal William Schofield. He's the ginger one. Yeah, whose actor is George McKay. I had to look up their ages to see if they fit. Because when I read up on a bit, they're supposed to be like... So, Schofield should be in his like mid-twenties, which he is. He's 28, the actor, from Landon. From Landon. And then the second character is Lance Corporal Tom Blake. And that actor is Dean Charles Chapman. He's 22 from Romford. Oh, no. Leave my hometown. Oh dear. Yeah, loving life. So he, his character's supposed to be like 19, so he's young, and this guy looks quite young anyway. Um, so before we kick off, I have absolutely no idea about army ranks. I don't know, like the British. No, not a clue. So I read, I've heard Lance Corporal, I was like, well, is that high? Is that quite low? It definitely, you knew it couldn't be high, because otherwise it wouldn't have been sent on what no. they were sent. So just for you listeners, it's probably something like you hitting your head against a brick wall, like, I totally know this. But um, I went on the British Army website and looked up what each thing is. Right. So officer ranks, starting at the top, is field marshal, then it's general. Right. Now the next one, if you're British, it's lieutenant. If you're American, it's lieutenant. But only in the army. Only in the army, because the navy's got something else. British navy's different. Yeah, is it the Navy or the RAF? One of them still says Lieutenant, I think. I don't know. Get in sure, touch. I read that. But we're British, so we're going with Lieutenant. So it's General, then it's Lieutenant General, then it's Major General, Bri- oh, Brigad- Brigadier? Brigadier, yeah. Colonel, and then Lieutenant Colonel, Major, Captain, Second Lieutenant, and Officer Cadet, which is the highest rank you can be in training. Right. And then there's a Soldier rank. I didn't know that. Yeah, you get officers and soldiers. Yeah. So then the officer ranks are the highest you can be as a warrant officer class one, then warrant officer class two, then staff sergeant, sergeant, corporal, lance corporal, and then a private. Oh, lance corporals below corporal? Yeah. Are they both lance corporals? Yeah. Because there's a bit in the film where someone else calls one of them Corporal instead of Lance Corporal. Oh, is there? No, I just yeah. thought they were both Lance Corporals. I don't know. I'm asking you. You can look it up. That's, I don't know. They just... They obviously just say it for shorthand. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. you think if you've got an extra bit in front of it, that'd be higher, wouldn't you? That's what I thought. No, they're nope. just... I don't know whether private is Bottom like of the ladder. you are, like when you've just done your training. Yeah. So anyways, it opens up with the... 6th of April 1917, and you see two soldiers asleep. And it looks quite untouched, really. It looks quite nice. So yeah. you think, oh, are they dead or are they alive? Just chilling in a field. Yep, just laying there. Well, you and thought they might be dead. Yeah, I think, I was, I I think anyone else things. watching it would know they're not like, dead oh, and just dead asleep. <laughs> this is a short film. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Opens up. Then, These are your two main characters. They're dead. <laughs> Bye. Bye, <laughs> End of. I'm like, oh, what a film. Um... <laughs> Then they get woken up by Sar- Sergeant Sanders. He's played by Daniel Mays. So he appears and asks Lance Corporal Blake to pick a man to follow him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> How pissed off would you be? So he taps his little mate. <laughs> wake up. Wake up. You're with me. What are we doing? I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I would. I know, obviously, this is why I'm not in the army. I'd be like, mate. Jog on, find out what he wants to do, and then come back to me. And if it's nice, I will 100% have your back. If it's something <laughs> if ridiculous. If there's a hot dinner and a coffee in it, 
Oh, man. If it's trudging through shit, I'm not coming. I'm not coming, no. <laughs> I'll be like laying there, a little bit of like mean girls. <laughs> I'm sick. <laughs> what a different film that would be. You, you're coming with me. <laughs> I'm sick. Boo, Boo you whore. whore. <laughs> That's it. There's an idea for Mean Girls 2 or 3. Three, yeah. Yeah, we don't count Lance the real number crawl. 2. <laughs> so um, they're walking off. Obviously, Schofield is quite obliging and follows along. And they're asking if it, they're going to feed them. No, oh, yeah. It's not. It's just post. So I think at that point, I literally had a little tear. Straight away. It's about a minute and a half in, isn't it? Oh, God. Oh, they want food. They want his food. I just got a fucking letter. And he says, oh, Schofield, have you got a letter? And he hasn't. So you're like, oh, interesting. Uh, and apparently all their leaves have been cancelled. So um, straight away you sort of see how this film's going to be shot because it's on that, um, oh, what is it? A shot as one continuous yeah. take with no cuts. And the way no the camera cuts. moves is awesome. Like, the way it moves through the people, and people, it just look, you feel like you're actually another soldier, don't you? Yeah, really? you just get people walking across the front of the camera. And yeah. It, there's so many bits every now and then where you watch and... If you pay attention, think, well, normally you'd cut that bit out. Yeah. That'd be cut out. That'd be cut out. Like, we wouldn't see any of this. No. We'd be straight there. But no, we follow, we yeah. follow them everywhere. So you've gone like kind of from this really calm, serene beginning. It doesn't look very war torn into basically straight into the trenches where it's busy and there's people and it's like starting to fit grim. I do think they glorified it a little bit. I think it probably been a lot worse than how it actually looked. But it looked pretty grim anyway. Yeah, it didn't doesn't look pleasant. No. So um they're taken to see General Erin Moore, which is my man Firth. Yeah. Colin Firth. Who you so excited to see, weren't you? I was, yeah. It swayed you a bit into watching this film knowing he was in it. Yeah. And Cumberbatch. And him and Cumberbatch, yeah, and then Crushing disappointment number one swiftly followed, didn't it? When, when he's seen the scene you're about to describe ends and you realise that's, that's it. Yeah, that's it. They've moved really quickly through the characters. Yeah. It's really interesting. It's basically, limited. like, you're naming what the other characters' names are. I have no idea what any of their I names were. I have to literally research it because they, you just literally meet them done, meet them done, meet yep. them done. It is so quick. We just stick with the main two, don't we? Yeah. So he says basically that the German front that they're fighting over no man's land um, have moved and they've got these aerial footage to show that they're not there anymore and that um, that there's a, there's a oh, what are they called? This has been a long day today, sorry, my brain's not working. A regiment, it's a regiment yeah. uh, run by Colonel Mackenzie. Um, are following the German soldiers, thinking he's got them on the run. He but thinks, actually, he hasn't. They're running into a massive trap. He thinks they're retreating from the advance, and he wants to chase them and finish him off. Yeah. So you've and got it's a strategic head. retreat. Yeah. They're falling back to set a trap. Trap up, and this, obviously Mackenzie's got the scent of a fight, and he's like, "We're winning." That's. And I think in that situation, he probably would think, "Fuck yes, we could be coming to an end here." But he's got 1,600 men who will lose their lives, including Blake's brother. Dum, dum, dum. That's <laughs> <laughs> the reason they've picked him. Like, him, because he's got an invested interest yeah, in getting he's, there. He's not going to stop. He's going to get there because otherwise his he's brother's going to be dead. Dawn. So he's got to get there before dawn. You have no idea what time it is. No. So you don't know how, if he's got 24 hours, if he's got 12 hours. We know it's, got... we know it's daytime, so he's got... A maximum of 24 hours, yeah. isn't he? But probably less. So, um, he's also been told that the Germans have cut the phone lines down, hence why he needs Blake and Schofield to deliver this message before dawn. Um, they ask, I can't remember if it's Blake or if it's, um, Schofield ask why they're just sending the two of them. And I had to write this down because I really liked this little thing that he said. So, Colonel Erin Moore says, down Genna, I think is how you pronounce it. It's down Genna or up the throne. He travels the fastest. Who travels alone? Mm. At which point, if it was me, I'd have said, "Listen, mate, I don't give a fuck about poetry. Why is there only two of us going?" <laughs> so, but he's got a, his yeah. point is proven very quickly moving yeah. forward as to why less is better. better. Um, so obviously that's the thing. Great, off you go. Schofield's trying to slow down. 
Blake and say, come on, it's light, we need to slow down. He's like, no, it's my brother. You get the kind of gist, um, I think they start mentioning medals, that Schofield had one. And Schofield has a medal, yeah. But he hasn't got it. Um, and Blake seems to have a bit of an invested interest in getting a medal. Yeah. It seems it, to be I like, can't remember if they say why. Schofield's been over the trenches. Yeah. Well, he and he's got a medal for that, but I don't remember the, if there's more detail as to how he got it. No, not how he got it, just how he got rid of it, really. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so they start, this is when you start getting onto the frontline trenches. Um, everyone's, the whole atmosphere changes and everyone's a lot more like grouchy and angry and there's almost everything's a, fight a bit dirtier. Everyone's so depressed. More and, wounded. Yeah. Everyone's more tired, hungrier. And um, a lot of people are walking, like, be careful where you're walking there, there's dead. Be careful where you walk there, that's a sergeant, or whatever it was. Like, just be careful where you step. You're stepping on the dead. And you think, that is so grim. So grim. Um, they have to basically take another message to the next person that you meet quite quickly, who I think was probably one of my favourite characters. <laughs> he was <laughs> absolutely class. He kind of made me think a bit about Darling, showing, like, Blackadder, the fourth. Is it the fourth? It's Captain Darling. And like, yeah. I think it's like he kind of went into the army kind of hoping for this particular thing and it was like nothing like he expected. He's obviously quite a well-to-do gentleman. Which one was Captain Darling? The one who... Is it Hugh Laurie or no. Stephen Fry? The one who worked who was with... No, I can't remember who the... Or was, it, was. Or was he Percy in the earlier yeah. Blackadder? Yeah, 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 him. can't remember his name, but... So yeah, so he has to give his message to Lou... Lieutenant Leslie, who's played by Adam Scott, and he's absolutely hilarious. He's like laying inside this little dugout thing, isn't he? He's like shouting at this one little young soldier that he's absolutely (laughs) wasted space and useless. (laughs) And he gives him the letter to say he's got to go um, over the top um, to get over into no man's land. And he's saying like, well, you know, I think these directions you've been given are wrong. I've lost men recently. The Germans are definitely there. Yeah. They had a firefight like two nights before men died. Yeah. What? And they've, they've had this fight and then they've buggered off basically. Yeah. So I don't buy it. Buy it. Not and again, it. it's like that kind of get a feeling that it happens quite a lot during the war where you'd have one set of instructions and all of a sudden the next set of instructions come along and you think how much of this is real and how much of this is just utter bullshit. Yep. So you can see he's like really had enough of it, but it's really well to do. Anyways, he says, uh, so if you're going to be over, going over there, then you can take these flare guns. Um, and he says, <laughs> I hate losing flare guns to the Huns. Throw them back when they start shooting at them. <laughs> if you get shot, do us a favour and throw it back. <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> and he's just like, Effin and Jeffin. He was just absolutely amazing. Um, Effin and Jeffin. Effin and Jeffin. For not, I loved him. He was so cool. Thanks. <laughs> but again, it's like you got, it just that, I think that's what you found, I found personally with all the characters, if they really portrayed well, like how each, person was probably feeling at the time yeah he's been fighting right at the front the whole time and yeah he's one of the first thing he says is are you are relief isn't he like they yeah. want it's overdue that he wants to get away from there for a bit yeah. but no dice mm-hmm. no happening so this is the next bit you see is them making their way up the trench going over going over into no man's land i was shitting a brick and you were saying like babe this film has literally just started like yeah, it's, it's, you know it's supposed to be a tense moment and things. Oh, it man. sort of takes away from the fact these are our main characters. They've got a mission. If they go over here and both get shot, it's not a very good film. So they're obviously no. going to yeah. make it through this bit at least. So they've got loads of craters and there's like dead horse bodies. And um I mean, you can imagine what the smell is like. There's not actually, there's a few little bodies around, but there's not lots and lots, is there? There's... Well, I don't know. There's quite a lot, but it's not. You don't see blood or gore. No, there's no. Uh, you it's don't barely see much blood in no, the whole film. No, um, and it's at this point I noticed actually how beautiful the music was. So you've got like the amazing camera shot of them making their way through. Yeah, it's still the one continuous take. Yeah. everywhere. there's been no um, no fade to but black. The way it no moves cuts. at the level it's at is always at their level, so you literally feel like you're going through the whole journey with them. Except it doesn't shake. Is the no, only difference, isn't no. it? It's a still camera. Yeah. So they're getting through the barbed wire and Schofield cuts his hand. Yep. Ugh. Grim. Um, Bad time. They end up going down to a crater and his hand goes straight into the corpse of a German soldier. <laughs> I was like, The one he's just cut open. Yeah. yeah it puts it straight think, through his chest, oh, doesn't he? Uh, uh, 
I didn't have high hopes of Schofield at this point. I was like, legit, if anyone's going to go, it's probably going to be him. You're like, how has he got a fucking medal? Yeah. He cut himself just... on the first bit of barbed wire. Jesus. And there's a bit that you really like, which is when they get into this massive crater, isn't there? Yeah, I think it's it. the best shot of the whole film. Yeah. They go down in this massive crater mm. and there's a puddle at the bottom of the crater and they go round the side and the camera goes across the middle of the crater over the puddle. I just think it's it shows how well the one shot works because yeah. there's... You don't see a reflection of the camera in the water. There's no ripple in the water. It just leaves them one side, watches them go around, meets them the other side. Yeah. And it just, it, that's Seems. where you, yeah. And that's where you can see like that shot in itself just makes the whole film being the one take, like show how brilliant it is that they've yeah. done it. Highlights just how amazing it is yeah. what they're doing with this film. So good. Um, so they finally get over, which is possibly like the tensest, I don't know, what, five minutes? Yeah, who knows? It, it, I don't even know. Every bit of this film feels like it goes on forever, forever and, ever. and it's about 30 seconds. Um, and they get over the German front line, they jump in, and there's nobody there. They have gone. They have gone. actually gone, it's like They true. kick over like a bucket and it has some smoke, so Schofield's like... Like I charcoal, don't think, yeah. yeah. Um, he said, I don't think they've been long gone, so you're like, mate... They could literally any minute come, like... Just spring out. Diving out. So at this point, I think they kind of got their breath back, and then you get to get a bit more of an understanding of their relationship, don't you? Like As, like, a, a twosome. And he... Um, Blake Dynamic asks, duo. Yeah. And Blake asks Schofield how his hand is, and he's like, oh, we you know, whatever. And he says, oh, don't worry, you'll be wanking again in no time. And then Schofield's like... Wrong hand. I've just put my hand in a corpse, but sure, let's make jokes about wanking. <laughs> Is there anything more British <laughs> than a good old wank joke? <laughs> <laughs> so they're having a little look around and he, and Blake goes one way and Scopel's like, no go. Not good. So they go another way and they find like some bunk quarters, don't they? With lots yeah. of bunk beds, with some stuff hanging down, which I think is to deter the rats from eating the German soldiers because they're like massive rats, aren't they? They are big rats, yeah. Absolutely vile. And they see this tunnel that's going somewhere and then Schofield notice a tripwire. Does, spots it. Freeze, don't move. Don't move. And I was like, motherfuckers. And then, of course, the bastard rat. The (laughs) bastard rat. Bastard rat. It trips the whole thing and there's a massive explosion. And obviously, Schofield's like right by the tunnel entrance. Like, I knew it. Yeah. I knew it. That's it. He's gone already. Ginger one's dead. Completely gone. I was like, oh, for God's sake. But he's not. But he's not. He like pulls him up. And he drags him through this tunnel that's collapsing because it's all like shaking. Yeah, he's got dust all in his face. Oh, you can't see. Jesus. And then you see a bit of light and you think, oh my God, we don't know what we're going to run out into. Is this going to be the trap? But it's nothing. It's just a big open field. And then you see two planes fly over, don't you? Yeah. Yeah. And they've, I mean, in amongst all the German artillery and the shells and things Mm. like that. And they've destroyed their own guns. Guns. As they left. This could actually be maybe, you know, he was right. Evan, Evan Moore was right. They've moved on. And you think, interesting, interesting. Um, so, yes. So they've, um, sorry, sorry, I am on my, with my notes. <laughs> Trying to read your own handwriting. Okay. Uh, so they, oh yeah. So, um, back in the room. Schofield says that he wished at this point that he'd pick someone else. And Says that he wishes Blake had picked someone yeah. else, didn't he? Yeah. I hundred percent agree with him yeah. at this point. And then he said um Blake just hoped it was something easy to do. So he cut his cut his hand open, put it in a dead body, nearly gets yeah. buried alive, and he's like, I really wish I wasn't here. Yeah. <laughs> so like there's again, just to try and lighten the mood, um Blake says if he heard about one of the soldiers who about how he lost his ear. Yeah, yeah, so it's a good say story. About how his um, the soldier's missus sent him over some special hair stuff, which smelled amazing, like treacle or something. So yeah. he just like, chucked it all in his hair, and, and it... he woke up to a rat gnawing off his ear. <laughs> I was like, yeah. But, but he mentions he's been telling everyone it's shrapnel. Yeah, but it's not, basically. <laughs> and because it wasn't washing off at all, like the rats just keep coming all over him, but leaving everyone else alone. 
Um, and then that's when he says about Scrapers, it's like he doesn't want to leave home. Oh my God, this bit really got me. Oh, doesn't God. want to go home. No, he doesn't want to go home because he doesn't want to come back because he can't promise he's going to come back. Yeah. So he doesn't want to go home because he dreads having to leave again, not knowing whether he'll come back so or not. So he'd rather know. not go. You don't know at this point in time what who he has at home. No, it doesn't tell you, does it? He just gets all choked up and has a little cry. And I'm like, man, I can't even. <laughs> and then you have a little cry. And I had a little cry. And it was just, I think I looked at you like, what have you made me do? <laughs> you bastard. Um, so then you see a farmhouse. They start talking about all the blossoms at the tree. And it turns out like Blake's describing how his pet mum has an orchard at home and how yeah. he cut the tree or the trees were like multiplying, have more trees and these blossoms. And it's, this really beautiful kind of scene as they're walking down this orchard and they get to the bottom of the orchard and you see this big farmhouse and of course they say we should probably check that yeah why 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 there's nothing to do with what you're doing why you got to go walk around it so they start of course start making their way down there and i'm like can i fast forward this bit please because i just can't even no can't even <laughs> even cope and then you start seeing um a dog fight in the sky yeah, after they've checked the house and it's, it's empty. It's all clear. Ugh. And also he's found... Milk. Milk in the barn. There's a bucket of milk, isn't there? Yeah. Which led you to immediately go, well, if someone's milked a cow, they must be close by. Yeah, especially if it was like kind of warm. Like, I don't know. So you see this dogfight going on. I think it's two British planes against one German plane, isn't it? Yeah. So Scrofield steps out from their cover and he's like watching this dogfight. And then he goes, oh, I think they've hit the German plane. You see the German plane landing. Oh, and then you see the German plane flying towards them in the barn. And I'm like, yeah, it goes down as it's going down. It's like behind a hill, isn't it? And then then it it comes comes over the hill, heading straight for the barn. So, of course, it crashes. The German soldier's screaming. He's on fire. They run over and they pull him out. And there's two of them there. I don't even want to say this bit because it actually just... So they pull, pull the German out of the fire, don't they? And Schofield says, I'll put him out of his misery. Yeah. And Blake says, no, no, he needs water. Go and get <laughs> some water. So Schofield goes over, starts filling his helmet up in the water, and then he hears... He a scream. Scream and shouting, and he turns around, and what happens? Oh, the German soldiers stabbed Blake in the stomach. The utter bastard. But you know, I said to you... It's all, I, I don't, I know, I don't know, I'm not supposed to feel this way. Obviously, I felt awful that Blake has been stabbed, but then I also thought at the same time that German soldiers just crash landed. He doesn't know if they're going to torture and kill him. And I think in that moment of insanity, he didn't understand what was going on. Maybe he doesn't speak English and he just attacked. And as much as I dislike him for doing it because I was quite invested in Blake, thinking Schofield was going to cop it first. But either way, I was heartbroken watching this little boy dying. I 100% disagree. They pulled him out of a burning plane. He didn't know if they were going to torture him. Doesn't matter. He was going to burn to death. I know, but he's still frightened. He's still human. Yes, he's human. If someone pulls you out of a burning plane, you don't think, ah, he just pulled me out of that burning plane. I was going to burn to death. Oh, no. I'll knife him in the stomach. That's the international thank you. Yeah, but he doesn't know what's going to happen. He, he knows he's not going to burn to death. I know, but you wouldn't. You don't know what else. He, he doesn't know that they're not the only two people there. Doesn't matter. I know, but I just feel like I have to. I can see things from both sides. I think no, I he's fucking a hate stuff like that. He's like, a war really angers bastard. me. And you don't know like how he just sees German English soldiers and think he's just going to die. And I, yeah, I don't know. But if they hadn't have been there, he was going to die anyway. Yeah, but he was dead. I know. He was dead regardless. But when you when you read the script, so if you look online... Don't you, shank someone who pulls you out of a burning plane. When you Google, you can actually see like the script layout for this film, which is what I had to refer to to get the names and things. It does say that the, the German soldier is doing this out of fright. Still a bastard. Okay, well, send us your view. This is where we're going to argue quite a lot, because as gutted as I am, I absolutely it's- sobbed. At the end of it, it's like, I, I kind of have to, I can't be that angry at the German soldier. I can't be that angry with him. Yeah, I could. Bastard. I'm just okay. going to keep saying it. He's still a bastard. Anyways. Write so in with your view and just say either it's okay because he's scared or bastard. 
That's it. We'll do a poll. We'll do a poll. Vice versa, if Blake was in a plane and he crash landed and two German soldiers pulled them out and one of them was like, no, no, save him. I'm going to go get water. And then Blake stabbed someone else. Bastard. See? Exactly. But I'm just saying. What do you mean, see, exactly? I'm just saying. I, you can't. I'm not changing my point of view. I know. It was the wrong thing to say. I'm, I'm just putting it out there. When you're in the middle of a fucking war, you're going to do stuff oh, that you're going to regret. Oh, you're getting feisty now. <laughs> Let's have a little break so you can calm down. Maybe get on the wine. I can't drink them on call. Uh, <laughs> right, let's move on. So Blake dies. Spoiler. Spoiler. Blake dies very slowly. Oh, it's fucking horrible. And he's you like, see all right the home. colour drain oh, from his horrible. face and everything. And he's don't only it? little. He's a little boy. And he's like, right home and tell my mum I wasn't scared. I know. Part of me kind of wants to just go, you fucking were, you liar. But then you're like, oh. You can't say yeah. that. <laughs> well, no, you can't. I always found it weird because he asked Schofield, doesn't he? He's like, am I dying? Oh. And Schofield's like, yes. Yes, you are. Like, all right, lie to him. I Make it a bit lie. easier. But I he's know. no s- full stiff upper lip as well. When he's Schofield, he's like, yeah. yes, I believe you are. <laughs> so, I mean, ha- being a mum of two boys, this was fucking awful to watch. And I, I think at this point, I was really crying. I said to you, seriously, seriously, <laughs> what the actual fuck? I bet that's in your notes as well. <laughs> Why am I being fuck? made to watch this? I get the whole point of this podcast, but at this precise moment in time, I actually was wondering why I was doing it to myself. <laughs> because I was like, what are you doing, Andrew? He's like putting yourself through this. <laughs> seriously. <sighs> so anyways. Moving on. He take he tries to pick him up to get him to move, but he won't anyway. So he passes away, and he tries to move him um, to a place that's a little bit nicer. And suddenly, out of fucking nowhere, two medics turn up. Sorry, it's going to be quite a sweary podcast now, because I actually so despise this kind of genre. That it just makes me angry. You're actually stressed just talking about it. <laughs> it's brilliant. Feel, I'm generally traumatised. They're not medics. They had an M on them. One of them, they're not specifically medics, are they? It's just another group of soldiers, isn't it? I thought they might have been medics. There's bound to be a medic. But they would have been in like a regiment, but they had like M on them, which I thought signified that they were like medical. I might miss that then. Oh, I might, I don't know. I don't know. I think I was still traumatized. More more soldiers arrive, more good guys. Possibly a medic. Um, And then you meet Captain Smith, who is Mark Strong. Oh, Mark Uh, Strong, my favourite. Love him too. Literally, it, I could watch the clip of him from the Kingsman sequel over and over again. A bit where he dies in that. Yeah. Do you remember that? Have you seen the second one? Yeah. And oh it, no, I haven't. Oh yeah, I might have done. Yeah, I can't remember now. He, he steps on the eggs. He steps on the mine, and then he takes his place and oh, he sings yeah, um, yeah. "Country Roads," but yeah. in his in his Scottish accent that he's got oh, in that amazing. film. It's brilliant. I just watch it all the time. <laughs> oh, but he um yeah he turns up. He's got, and again, he's quite a, a stiff upper lip, proper gentleman. He's like, it does you good not to dwell on it. Yes. Just, you know. Yeah, oh, was he your friend? Yeah. yeah. He was, and it so, does no good to dwell on it. It's just, yeah. <laughs> so he's got a truck, and they're like in a, a, this regiment's heading off, which um, I think is to be part of that regiment that's going to end up in the middle of the trap. That's where they're headed. They're to. headed the same direction. Yeah. No, they're due to go through... So he's got to get to a town, hasn't he? And then go mm. from the town, follow another bit to where the attack is. Yeah. And they're due to pass the town. Right. Which is more than halfway of the way mm. he's got to go. Um. So they he gets basically, to give him a bit of rest, he gets them into um the truck. Uh, you meet some more soldiers. And again, it's like a thing about that one-shot thing, that they've got lots of like random chatting between the soldiers. Yeah, and- just having a pointless conversation in the back of this van. And you're thinking, look, any other film, you'd see him get in the van, you'd see him get out the van. Yeah. But because this is the one continuous shot, we we sit in the van with him. Yeah, and while he's they like, chat obviously... utter bollocks. <laughs> when he just lost his friend, so he's really quiet, and then the van gets stuck in some mud, and he gets out, and his urgency of like trying to push it and move it, there's a couple of soldiers that won't help, others do, and then eventually... He basically drives everyone into helping, yeah. doesn't he? Because he's and so he desperate to get going. And it's then they ask him, like, what's happened? And he says, you know, about his mission. 
and eventually they stop again and it's his time to get out and they wish him luck and they stop at a canal and it's Cap- this is when Captain Smith stops and says to him uh, when you speak to Mackenzie make sure there's witnesses as some men just want a fight and you're like who the fuck is this Mackenzie? Because he sounds like a dick. Dick. Yeah. Basically saying like he's he's only doing this because he wants the glory. glory. And you think, I don't think I want to meet this Mackenzie. I don't Sound, think I do. Sounds like a twat, doesn't he? Yeah. Basically, just from that one line, sounds yeah. like a massive twat. So he even says, doesn't he, like these are direct orders that he has to yeah. follow. And Mark Strong's like... I'm just telling you. <laughs> Make sure you got witnesses. This could be harder than you think. <laughs> oh dear. So, um, yeah, so off the van goes and that's the end of like Mark Strong's bit. I know. Never enough Mark Strong. No. You can never get too much Mark Strong. He's like, yeah. And who's that other one from Jason Isaacs? Yeah. I, I, I need to make a film that's just them two. That'd be amazing. Probably wouldn't have to do much. No, just be themselves. It'd be like Ryan Reynolds, just Ryan Reynolds in his way. <laughs> Ryan Reynolds in his way through life. <laughs> Ryan Reynolds and Paul Rudd, that'd be another good oh, film as well. Oh, like, Oh, what characters are they playing? Does it matter? <laughs> they're, they're just being them. <laughs> they just do what they just want. Just being them. So, Schofield's all on his own now, isn't he? Looking over this canal where he's got to go into. This is the city or the town that he was told he had to go through. Yeah, this is the town. He's he's made it to the town. He's got off the trucks. So they've pulled away. He's got across a bit of water. Yeah. Like a, it's a is canal. It, is it an actual bridge or is it just I think some it's a collapse, collapse bridge, isn't collapse it? Collapse bridge, yeah. So, to... he's like tottering down it, which is like quite scary. And then, oh, of course, there's shooting. Someone's shooting at him. This, yeah, gets... Takes a pot shot at him, doesn't they? Yeah. Weirdly, so this is a li- we're almost halfway through the film, yeah. aren't we? And so Schofield shot the German soldier, mm-hmm. and now he's being shot at. So it's a war. This is why I said it's not the type of war film you think. It's only the second time someone shot their gun. Yeah. In the whole film. So this shot's coming from the lock house, and this is, ob- this is obviously a sniper, isn't it? Yeah. Up in the lock house. Um. So he's shooting back, and then the shooting stops. You're like, oh, he's like nailed him. He's he shot him. So Schofield goes into the lock house, up the stairs, super duper tense, kicks the door open. There's a German soldier sat on the floor. He looks up, obviously he's been like shot, and takes a shot at Schofield while Schofield shoots him. And it basically hits Schofield's helmet. And you see it just goes black, doesn't it? And you're like, oh my God, he's been shot in the head. Uh, yeah. Whole screen goes black for the first time, time. Yeah. in the whole film. So I was like, oh, dearie me. Um, then you hear, I couldn't work out about if it was ticking or dripping. I think it's dripping. But it's dripping. And it basically, it starts like his eyes are opening and he start to, the screen comes back again and he's laying on the floor and he has got a head injury. So I think that's where he's fallen because basically the, the intensity of the bullets like knocked him back. As yeah, it. floored him and smacked his head. So technically the film is not one continuous shot. It's two. No, it's two. And we have a break yeah. for him being unconscious. It's just amazing. Um, so he obviously gets up. He and starts, it's night time now. He's, he's yeah. been out for a while. Um, and he's running through this town and he's it's meets f- another German soldier. He's walking slowly towards because it's all on fire, isn't it? So that, yeah, the, as he wakes up, there's flare, is it flares or searchlights mm. or something? There's I something think it's flares because it goes up, then there's lights up the sky and then it goes dark again. Mm. And as he makes his way through the town, there's a massive building on fire. Yeah. And down in the bottom of the corner of the screen, you just see another soldier. Yeah. And out, don't you? And he hasn't got a helmet on, so you don't know if he's friend or foe, I suppose like a, you can say. There's like a little standoff in there. Yeah. And then all of a sudden he's running at Schofield, shooting at him. Schofield runs away and he slides down through, um, I think it's a coal shaft. Terrible aim, though. Like, one oh. of the shots, he's about four foot away from him and misses. Yeah. And then while he's chasing him, the German soldier, he falls over, doesn't he? Yeah. Soldier? Soldier. Mm. Can't talk either. Nice. No, late, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, he falls over, and that's when he slips through. Through the coal cellar. Yeah. And Covered he, up by a little wooden yeah. crate, isn't it? Yeah. And he meets a French lady. Finds a French, French lady girl. living down She's there. She's quite young, isn't she? Yeah. And he's like, no, British soldier, Br- British. Um, so they have like a little bit of a, it's not like a romantic moment, but she like tends to his head injury and um, he sees that she's rescued a baby 
because she doesn't know who the mum is. Yeah, she's got a baby and he, he, she says, oh, he asks the baby's name, mm, doesn't he? And she's she like, I don't know. know. And oh, are you the baby's mother? Who's the baby's mother? And, I don't, I don't know. know. Um, and so he gives her all the food he's got in his pack and she said, the baby can't eat this, needs milk. And he pours back at the barn, he'd filled up his water thing with the milk from the thing. Yeah. So he hands over his milk to... To the lady. I mean, you know that's they're going to die. Because that milk's not going to sustain that baby. You know, it's really sad. <laughs> but he ta- he's, he's really invested in this little baby. Like, he's singing to her and he's, like, cooing over this baby. It's a really sweet moment. I mean, by this point, I was just like, I kind of just want to get through the film now. And that bit... I didn't get bored of it. I just wanted it to be over because I couldn't cope with the nice <laughs> it slowed, nicety of it. Slowed it down. Didn't yeah, it? you're like, like, oh, mate, you have got a mission to get it by dawn. It's dark now. Don't like, don't calm me down. If I've got to get through yeah. this tension, just power through. So he then hears the bells and he counts them. I I can't. I think I think I counted seven. I'm not sure, but it doesn't matter. He basically knows he needs to go, and she's begging him not to not to go. They're going to see you. Don't leave. But he goes. Um, and then as he's walking through or kind of like running through, he sees a drunk private who's a German yeah. staggering around. So he goes into the building and he comes face to face with like an even younger soldier. He's like a teenager and he grabs him, um, covers his mouth and is like, shh, 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 shh. And then he stupidly takes his hand away from his mouth and obviously the soldier who looks terrified screams like for help. So he throws, they have like a scuffle on the floor and he just basically like strangles that German soldier's death. So it's like, what? You said there's only been like four deaths by this point, if that. Yeah, so we've seen, haven't we? We've seen Blake die. Yeah. Uh, the German sniper. The German sniper, and now this soldier is the third person we've seen die in a war film. I hate the slow deaths. They are the worst. I was like, man, just... I oh, I just hate watching it. You had flashbacks to Saving so, Private oh Island, God, didn't you? Don't. I actually could cry just thinking about them. When the guy at the end gets slowly stabbed. I think I just screamed at you, turn this fucking thing off now. I'll just fast forward something. I couldn't. I just can't stand it. I just hate it. Just fucking hate it. Because this this is the thing with my issue with war films. Is this it, this probably happened in real life? Yeah. Like this is how people and well how men died. Yeah. And I just think I can't. Oh, at least if you watch something that's like fake, you go like some like shite action film. You just go, yeah, cool. You know. <laughs> oh. Full Essex there. Oh, like, yeah, man, course. yeah, of course. Of course someone's going to survive that. Of course I'm put Die Hard out there. Like, you could vaguely su- survive that, you know? Like, <laughs> but, oh, God. I just... Yeah, John McClane goes for all that, and this soldier can't even handle being strangled. Don't! <laughs> I can't. <laughs> poor kid. Anyways, so he kills the kid. The drunk one's like, oh, shit. They all this start is, chasing This is the bit him. I like because he like he has a fight with the sober one and strangles him. The drunk one who's clearly older, what he does is he knocks him over. <laughs> like there's not a fight, there's not anything. He's we pissed. Just he just him. shoulder barges him to the ground <laughs> and then just buggers <laughs> off. It's like hold on, couldn't you just like whack the other one and run off? But yeah. no, he that was a full on fight and a murder. Well not a murder, it's war. It's not murder, is it? No, I don't know. But he strangles him, and then the other guy is just like, boop, over you go. Push him over. <laughs> oh, so, anyways, he runs through this town and um, ends up jumping with like German, not quite, I think it's quite a few Germans shooting at him, isn't there? Yeah, he's getting chased. And he just like, the, oh, that shot of him jumping into the canal was amazing. Yeah. That was another really, I, I quite enjoyed that. I mean, I can only say I enjoyed it now on reflection because honestly, at the time, I think I was about ready to say, I don't know if I can do this anymore. <laughs> it was nearly the end of the podcast. It was nearly the end of the podcast. Um, so you watch him like tumbling around in the water and it's like he's hitting jagged rocks. Uh, and I was just... like, oh, rock. Oh, fuck the rock. Oh, the rock. <laughs> Not Dwayne Johnson. <laughs> <laughs> that would 
have been a different <laughs> film. He hits a rock and he turns around going, hey. It's funny you, <laughs> it's funny you bring up Dwayne Johnson. Have you seen they've, his whole family have tested positive for COVID? <gasps> no. Him, his wife and his daughters. Oh. Yeah, they're, they're all doing okay from the scene bit, but now there's a, a joke circulating. Um, <laughs> So the Rock and his family have all tested positive for COVID nineteen, and apparently the uh, the thing that made them get tested when they first noticed they had symptoms is because none of them could smell what he was cooking. Ow! Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I should have seen that coming, but I didn't. That was a gem. <laughs> Can you smell what the Rock is cooking? Um, no, I can't. <laughs> COVID. <laughs> it's COVID. <laughs> oh, gosh. Well, you throw me right off now. I'm like, <laughs> bit. Anyways, he falls, he hits all these not Dwayne Johnson rocks. <laughs> this is, this is, oh, I should have saved that for the end. It's ruined it all. I can't it concentrate. Has. Anyways, yeah, he, comes, he ends up going down this massive waterfall. He goes under the water. He emerges. He's fine, but I mean, he's basically on like the edge of unconsciousness, isn't he? Yeah, he's all he's, like, kinds hanging of onto a log. Up. I mean, Christ! I mean, the man got buried under rubble. He's been, he's got his hand inside a body. He's been smacked on the head, like where he fell backwards, and he's just all sorts of problems. So, like, you see him slip under the water. He comes up again, um, and he's hanging onto this rock, and all of a sudden. Blossom leaves, little blossom petals even, like little blossom petals appear. You're like, oh, that's like a little link back there to Blake. Yeah. Um, and they end up in this place that's like really luscious and beautiful and hasn't been touched by war at all. And I'm like, oh God, where has he ended up? You missed a bit where he washes up though, he washes up. I'm getting there, I'm oh, getting there. So he like washes up because he can start to hear something. And as he like pulls himself out of the water, he's basically pouring his way through all these corpses. All like swollen and bloated wow. from the water. Yeah. It's grim, but again, isn't it? like they look grim, but it's not like bloody or they don't look horrendous. Like if you I imagine from real life it would look a lot worse. But I mean yeah, it's getting about mixing with the blossoms. It's, it's just, just the bit that's disgusting is how like bloated they are from the water, isn't yeah. it? They're not like Bits flaking no, off or no, it's still, really decomposed. They just look quite bloated. Peaceful, yeah. Um, so you can basically you hear the sound of singing, but like it's beautiful this area, isn't it? Um, yeah, it's it doesn't look like it's area, any battle it? at all. It's um, really peaceful looking. So you hear the singing, and he walks into the clearing. And he sees I don't know, like what two hundred men. Yeah. All sat on the floor and one stood in the middle singing. Oh my God, it's so beautiful. And again, another really well shot again because he, he leans against a tree, doesn't he? Yeah, and he, rests his head. has a sit down, rests his eyes and they're, they're singing sort of quiet mm. and the camera moves around looking at people and moves yeah. up towards the singer. I was looking and for it... Blake's brother because he said he looks like me but older. So I was like, where is he, where is he, where is he? <laughs> <laughs> we move up to the singer, don't we? And the, his voice gets louder as yeah. we get closer and then it stays at the same volume as the camera turns and goes a different way back mm. to Schofield and yeah. finds him and then the singing stops and all the men get up and they suddenly spot him like you're right, mate yeah and he's like he can't really speak because he's obviously exhausted and he says to them he said oh wait let's just pick him up and take him with us and he goes I need to find the Devons yeah the name of the regiment yeah and he said oh we're the Devons but we're D Company so we're the second second wave wave to go over and he's like oh you're like so close yet so far. Yeah, he's like, like, yes, I've had, oh, shit. Like a wrong one. Wave, like, has one not gone over already? So he's like, I need to get to Je- um, Colonel Mackenzie. So this bit is rapid as, isn't it? Yeah. Rapid. So they said, oh, we need to run through this trench because we've been digging all night. So they've been digging these trenches and they are, I mean, in comparison to ones at the beginning, these are not that deep, are they? No. There's explosions, there's like men everywhere. Yeah, the like, artillery's coming in, through. pushing through people. He gets to one bit, um, and you see this. He, so when I looked it up, his name's Captain Ivans, and he's blubbering and he's shaking like he is terrified. And he's going, like "I need shell shocked as well, wouldn't he? Yeah. yeah. And he's like, he can't even answer, so he just keeps running. And then at a precise moment in time, he's like obliterated in that area he's standing by a shell, and you're like, 
Yeah, he literally, moves, literally moves away from him, doesn't he? And then he's about whole lot ten foot out. away. Shell hits, pretty much hits that captain in the face, doesn't oh, it? Oh my he's god! A, but again, no gore, no, no you don't blood, see just bits or bodies or nothing. Just the explosion, and, and he keeps going. Yeah, and you might see people fall over, but he's trying to push past, and it's just chaos. And he gets to another person who is uh, apparently called Lieutenant Richards, and he's like. I need to find Colonel McKenzie. He's like 300 yards down that way. And you're like, mate, I mean, this is like chock-a-block and there's explosions and people falling and men screaming. And um, so he looks at this lieutenant and he just then looks up at the trench and he puts his foot up and the man's like, no, you are nuts. You are nuts. You can't like, go that can't way. can't go that way. And he just does. My favourite thing is though, he's like, if you go over there, if you go that way, you're going to die. You're not going to make it the 300 yards. And then, like, five seconds later, he's like, doo, 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 on his whistle, right, over you go, lads, you'll be fine. Big push. We're going we're gonna to be – you've just told that guy he won't make it 300 yards yeah. horizontally, and you want us to run at these guns. Like, what? Oh, my God. I mean, oh, my God. So he's running – He's over the trench he's over and he's the running trench. along he's the running field. Along the field, as there, there's the big push and these all men going over the top and there's like big explosions. And again, you don't see any body parts, just men falling over on the floor. Yeah. Don't you? It's just big bangs. But for some reason, it's, it still works just as well. You oh, don't need to God, see them the getting exploded. It's, it's just amazing. It's really beautifully shot. So he finally gets down and he slides down and he's like, I have to see Colonel McKenzie. And he's basically getting stopped by these great big, uh, big lads, aren't they? Yeah. Um, I'm like, let him through, Christ, he's just run across. <laughs> you don't know what he's gone through to get here, just get out of the pissing way. Get out of the way. He's got a letter. So he finally gets in, and he says he's got this letter, and we finally find out who Colonel McKenzie is, Cumberbatch. Benedict Cumberbatch, or as I refer to him in this scene, being a dick Cumberbatch. Oh my God, he is a bell. He is a twat, isn't he? Total bell. So he doesn't want to take the letter. He doesn't want to do it. He's like, we're, we're already in the fight. Like, yeah, you're too like, late. It's too fucking late. I'm not doing it. I won't do it. Um, and he's got a major there, Major Hepburn, who's Adrian Scarborough. Yeah, never heard of him. Never heard know. of him. I've, I've seen him in a few things, but he's pretty cool. And he's like, I think he tries to convince him to read the letter, and he does. And it's like a really dramatic pause, isn't there? And he's like, sat him down. Oh, thank God. Phew. Thank God. And then he says, hope is a dangerous thing. Because he says, basically, like, within days, he could be sent back over again. Yeah, he complains, doesn't he? Yeah. Like, we get these orders now. Tomorrow we'll be told to attack at dawn. And then I suddenly go, actually, do you know what? I can imagine being in his position. I just I just love how all the characters, I, I personally, obviously, never have been there or known anyone in these ranks. But in that time, how they, he exhausted he is by the whole thing. That's fine, great, I'll stop it now. But I know within a day you'll send another messenger to say, over you go. Yeah. So does, right. so is hit Mark Strong's character right? Is he actually spoiling for a fight? Or is he just thinking... We've got to get after him at some point. Why not now? now just to get this done. Yeah, he's just, just as fatigued as everyone else, else? but for different reasons. Because he says the only way this is going to end is with the last man standing. Yeah. And he tells him to fuck off. <laughs> It was. He's. I can't remember exactly. He's saying it's going to end. Last man standing. And he does. He say go and get something to eat or go. No, to No, he just turns around and goes, just fuck off or something. Yeah. Now fuck off, oh. Corporal. Yeah, it's so funny. So he's, as he's leaving, this Major Hepburn stops him and says, "Well done, son." And then at that point, I was a little bit like, I've got a bit of emotion again. <laughs> and he said that's when he asked. um that he needed to try and find this Blake. Yes, he needs to find the brother. He asks where he'd be, and he says... Um, in he, the casualty clearing. Or he says, he knowing him, he would be with his men, and he was in the first wave. Oh, yeah. So, look in the casualty area, and if he's not there, he's... <laughs> He's probably dead, basically. That's awful. So this bit, you get to, and they're bringing men in on stretchers, and he's like, "One, I think one of the guys is treating us. If you can, if you can walk or speak, you need to get over to triage." Yeah, pretty much. He walks out, and he's like, "If you're still standing, you don't need to be here. You need to go over that yeah. side." This is for people who are really fucked up, basically. But like, he's walking through, and he's shouting, "Blake, Blake!" and um, 
there's like again like even then in real life it would have been horrendous but as you walk through there's not actually an awful lot of gore or, or like people with lots of arms missing it's no, no, there is a few there's like open not, wounds but it's it, not like saving except, private ryan yeah, where like, you've got a guy standing with his guts hanging out you know no, like it is really there's it's no tame. like sprays of blood no. everywhere's not bathed in blood you see missing limbs and wounds like severe wounds but i get what you mean they're not like it's not like graphic they're not no, put there to shock you they're just not, that's what they would in look some like respects, that's not even like the whole point of the film it's no. not about seeing that stuff no and i think it was enough being me who being me and not liking war films seeing them laying there screaming like that was impactful enough for me without having to then think about everything else i think as well like because it's not like saving private ryan saving private ryan especially in that bit at the beginning when you see the bloke oh, holding geez. his arm. It's not about the fact that it's his arm's off. It's about the fact he's picked it up and he's walking around with he it. Because do he doesn't know himself. what to do. Yeah, it's about... And, like, the guy with his gut hanging out and things like that. It's about their them looking at other people in that situation and thinking, fuck, like, we've got to carry on. This film isn't about that. No. And, in a way, it's just... It wouldn't suit this film to, to go that way. It no. suits everything they did suits the style of the film and the story yeah. they're telling. They haven't gone overboard, no. but they haven't toned it down. It's all, mm. all fits together perfectly. So anyways, he's running around and then he finally finds Lieutenant Joseph Blake. He's alive. Bringing in wounded, he's bringing isn't in he? Wounded yeah. Men. And he goes up to him and obviously tells him the awful news about his brother. Um, and that it was quick. Which it wasn't. It wasn't. It was horrendous. He doesn't need to know that. And then he asked if he could write to his mother because that's what he requested. And he thought yeah. it was fine. Um, and then that's kind of it. Like they have a little handshake, and it was like proper stiff upper lip. Like, okay, well, thanks, Tom. Hold, holding back tears, yeah. wasn't he? And he gives he gives him his ring and his, and his dog, dog tag. Yeah, and yeah, ha- stiff handshake. And, and then that was it. And he says, oh, go help yourself to food and get your wounds seen to. But he doesn't. He walks off to an oak tree and he sits down with back against it and he pulls out. I said, that's not an iPhone, is it? Because it was just white, wasn't it? <laughs> it's, like, <"What?" laughs> it's not an iPhone. What, has he got Samsung? In 1917? No, it's a photograph. It's photographs <laughs> of his daughters and his wife. We think. No, I read it on the script. It is. Oh, is it? It's his daughters and his wife. The, yeah, the second one of the woman on her own. Just and on says, the back it says, come, come back to us. Come back to us, yeah. So I like that they don't... That's why he but, was like, we don't know that, do you? Yeah, I like that they don't know that. You see he's got family to go home yeah. to. You don't know who they are, but you don't need to. No, and that's, again, like I thought, oh, that makes so much sense with that little baby girl. Why he was like, you know, that it all links him with like the girl and the, or the woman and the child. Yeah. So anyways, he sits back and he lays his head and he shuts his eyes and basically you're back to the beginning. Yeah. And he's asleep against the tree. In a peaceful area that's not war torn and he's just like, I've done it. And I was like, part of me just kind of hoped he just fell asleep, but he didn't die and he got to go home to his girls. But that's it. Yeah. Didn't that's think how it of ends. that. Didn't think that he might have just died there. Oh, I hope not. But yeah. And that was the end of it. And it was exactly what I was expecting it was going to be. And I think even reliving that, I feel like I've just traumatised myself all over again. <laughs> you have been quite agitated. I just don't like it. It's just really <laughs> triggering. Like, the whole thing was just really difficult. But do you see why it's a film that's good to watch? It's, yeah. Again, it's it's I a mean, war film. I know you don't like them, but it's not a World War Two film like so many are. No. It's a World War One film, which is different I in itself. And the way it's made... like. All this stuff about how upsetting I found it and it's traumatised me. But that aside, that it is actually beautifully shot. It's a beautiful film. Even the grim bits that look yeah. the way they've done Which it is beautiful. Which is why it can't beautiful. be boring, yeah. it has to it has to fit this kind of... Gen- it is gentle in a way, isn't it? Even like the jaggedy bits doesn't look... Apparently when to make it, they shot like... 20 seconds at a time so they would do a 20 second take mm. and then move on to the next one and you think if they're doing that and you think back to the bit of the trench mm. there's so many people yeah that even doing 20 seconds must imagine? have been so much work to get right can you imagine if you were the one who fucked up a 20 second take and they had to do it again nigel mate stop picking your nose <laughs> 
Yeah, that was brilliant. We made 18 seconds of that one, and then Timmy over there Scratched farted. <laughs> and now we've got to do it all over again. But yeah, that, so yeah, just the visuals and the music was just stunning. So that aside, it really is a beautiful film, and maybe it is one to watch, even if you're not too big on them. Just, oh, for God's sake, just make sure you're prepared. Bring tissues. Yeah, it is beautiful. So yeah, I am, I am begrudgingly going to say I'm happy I've seen it. I'm also happy I'm never going to have to watch it again. So, so far we're three for three on films you'll never watch again. We're, but we're doing actually, well. actually, this is scoring higher than the other two. Oh, how many stars is it going to get? Four. Four stars. That's our highest one. At the moment, that's your recommended film to yeah. everyone who listens. Your highest recommendation yeah. is for a war film. I know. Who'd have only, thought it? Only because of how to enjoy the cinematic experience. But I am gem- just generally just be prepared. That's all I'm going to say. See, I saw it at the cinema and I didn't think it would be as good to watch at home, but it, it really is. Yeah. It still is just it's amazing to watch. And there you got, so four stars. Four stars. And my chosen review word is phenomenal. Wow. Cause I felt like that kind of encompassed everything. Phenomenal highs and phenomenal lows and phenomenal rage. Trauma. Oh my Trauma. God, yeah. <laughs> Um, so yeah, just gave me all the feels. So yeah, that's it. Wow. I'm actually in shock at the four stars. Join a club. <laughs> <laughs> what are you making me watch next then? Uh, so as you had to suffer a war, as we've done, basically made your brain explode with Inception. And not in a good way. And then we went to a horror film that you didn't, even though you're not that bothered by horror films it was one you really never wanted to see no. and then we went war film so i thought i'll give you a bit of a break next oh, time and do a comedy film Ooh. the only problem with doing comedy films is you've seen most of the comedy films yeah that i would pick like you think oh it's a podcast with a, a woman watching films she'd never seen before and they're going to do comedy films ah Pick Monty Python. Women don't like Monty <laughs> Python. You've seen Monty Python more than I have. I love Monty Python. And, yeah, so it's, it's quite tough to pick a comedy film. So we can go back to, I don't know if it's the 80s or the 90s, but we're going to watch mm. The Naked Gun <gasps> with Leslie Nielsen. Ooh. I've never uh, seen that before. Well, no, that's kind of the point. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, team. I've had a very, very long couple of days at work. <laughs> I kind of forgot why I was here. You forgot we was even recording. You're just like, oh, like, hang on, I've never seen I that. I thought I was having a chat with you, Colin. I didn't realise we were recording this. <laughs> Everyone to hear my stupidity. So, yeah, we're going with the naked gun. Awesome. And then it needs to be a comedy film, aren't yeah. I? Because I've already planned the one after and that's... Allegedly one of the scariest horror films ever made. So. Okay, well guys, if you want to watch along with me and watch Naked Gun so you can enjoy my review of it, then you've got two weeks. Yeah. And this one's going to be released soon. I'm sure you've been excitedly anticipating this. I'm sure you've all been on tender hooks. (laughs) Probably not been able to sleep while we've been away. (laughs) And yeah, so yeah. That's, that's it, really. Isn't if it? you do have any opinions on the uh, German being a bastard or justified oh. by being frightened, then do email in to um, Haley Watches Podcast Twenty Twenty. Or no, no, it's just Haley Watches Twenty Twenty at gmail dot com. You sure? Do you want to say it again? Just to I make sure. I haven't written it down. <laughs> I think it's on our Instagram page, which is <laughs> Haley underscore Watches. I'm pretty sure I've got it on there. Try an email it's in anyway. Watches twenty twenty at gmail.com, I'm pretty sure. Sorry, team. Honestly, I am exhausted. <laughs> yeah, just just let us know, bastard or not bastard, really. And that we, is the question. We, we we can reveal we can reveal the poll next time. But yeah. So until um yeah next time, everyone, stay safe. Ciao for now. Ciao for now. Bye. 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 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.